Hello and welcome back for episode 39 of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami. In this episode, I sat down with Dr. Humam El-Baghdadi out of Toronto, Canada. Humam is a general dentist and academic who is currently working on and researching health professions education. Prior to finishing his dental degree at the University of Toronto and completing a GPR program at the prestigious Mount Sinai Hospital, Humam completed a Master's of Immunology and worked at the National Research Council of Canada. In our interview, we talked about his pathways into dentistry, why he decided to pursue a GPR residency, his academic work, as well as his amazing blog, Rethink Dentistry, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. I wish we had more time to dive deeper into some of these topics, but nonetheless, uh, we discussed many of these important topics such as GPR versus private practice, mentorship, future of healthcare, and dental education, and much, much more. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. As always, the Newbie Dentist podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and on my website at newbiedentist.com. I hope that you guys are enjoying these podcasts, and if you are, please don't forget to rate us or like us on iTunes. And if you have friends or colleagues or classmates that you think will benefit from the podcast, be sure to pass it along to them as well uh, so we can grow the community. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, the safe place for newbie dentists to connect, collaborate, learn, and grow. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to provide high-quality and high-value content for all the newbie dentists out there. With your host, Dr. Omer Azami. So I'm here today with Dr. Humam al-Baghdadi, who is a dentist in Toronto, Canada. Humam and I actually have indirectly kind of known each other through uh, various uh, friends and mutual friends that we have, uh, Dr. Bruce Freeman being one of them, who's uh, a friend of the podcast, and uh, he's been on a couple of times. Uh, Humam is a general dentist working in Toronto, and uh, as always, you know, with these podcasts, I like to kind of just start off with a bit of an origin story, if you don't mind. Tell me about your journey and, uh, you know, where you went to undergrad and, and why you decided to pursue dentistry. Uh, did an undergrad in uh, Ottawa at the University of Ottawa, and I did uh, uh, originally bio- biology and switched quickly to biopharmaceutical science. Um, and uh, decided towards the end that I'm going to do an honors project. So I stretched yeah. my undergrad to five years. Okay. Um, uh, obviously, my dad was not too happy about that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> considering my Middle Eastern background, I yeah. I'm originally from Syria. And uh, and then I I applied to dental school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an interest in dentistry from uh, from the past. I suppose my experiences with dentists. And um, I applied. I uh, interviewed, waitlisted, and uh, basically uh, didn't get in. So I uh, had a backup plan of doing a master's. Yeah, uh, a lot of people do, I think. Um, and I got into the field of immunology. Uh, which I enjoyed thoroughly, um, and I did a I did a master's for two years at the National Research Council of Canada in Ottawa. Oh wow! Nice. And, uh, published a paper out of it, which was very nice. Yeah. And um, and then I applied again uh, to dental school after the three years, and uh, the same thing happened. Uh, interviewed, waitlisted, did not get in. So after that. I stayed on at the National Research Council with another lab and yeah. 
I uh, basically uh, did research for a couple of years. Uh, at that point, I applied a third time, even though my dad at that point was saying, hey, just pursue a PhD, you know, forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you know what? No, I'm going to do it one more time. And uh, I got in. I got in straight to the U of C. The persistence uh, paid off. Indeed, indeed, yeah. And uh, so I did uh, undergraduate dentistry at U of T. And uh, afterwards, uh, did a residency at Mount Sinai Hospital. And here I am, uh, working and doing another master's, uh, it seems, uh, in health professions education. So Awesome. Uh, so there's a lot of... Yeah, a bit of my academic background. Yeah, that's cool. And I, you know, I, I really appreciate that. I respect that because obviously, you know, I, I uh, did my undergrad at Western, so I, I know what the Canadian mm. systems are like in terms of getting into med or dentist, dentistry and how competitive things are. So it's it's good that you kind of stuck with it because I, I was in a similar position. I applied and I didn't get in, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go to Australia and just kind of get yeah. <laughs> get the degree. Wise, I can't. Man. I can't uh, waste time doing masters and stuff because, uh, you know, I, at the heart of it, I'm not a much of a researcher. I would have uh, not fared too well if I had to sit in a lab and kind of do that kind of thing. So, uh, all the more respect. Well, to I, I gotta say, my interview process at Western was was a lot better than U of T. So I, I had uh, it was it was uh, certainly a place that I wanted to study at too, uh, considering they approach things a little differently. I think yeah. they're a bit more. Uh, more friendly. Than yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh, U of T is probably a little bit uh, not the happiest and most collegial place to probably uh, do your dental uh, degree. No, I think you, 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 there, there's, uh, there are people there. Uh, certainly, you got to find them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. So tell me a little bit about the, um, the choice um, or the decision to kind of, you know, after finishing up dental school to do a GPR program. Uh, Mount Sinai, because I know something that a lot of dental students kind of consider because there's a lot of good experience that comes out of it. Financially, maybe it's not the best thing, but I guess you have to mm-hmm. just, uh, weigh the pros and cons of that, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so I knew I, I knew I wanted to do something uh, more after dentistry. I wasn't sure if I wanted to specialize. I was really dabbling in the idea of specializing. Um, and I was leaning towards Perio because... Um, Perio had uh, at least the people that I, I sort of connected with. Um, there was an immunology connection. So yeah. um, um, I, I thought about that for a while. And, uh, you know, in, I would say in second semester during uh, pain week uh, and sort of uh, an interprofessional week uh, of education, uh, I met Bruce Freeman, whom you yeah. interviewed before. And uh, he gave us a lecture, and I would say he was, uh, and still is, a very influential person in my life. I, I, I consider him a mentor, and uh, uh, going to visit him at the hospital and doing my uh, my rotation at Mount Sinai, and even at Sunnybrook previously, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that I was interested in hospital dentistry. I've, yeah. I've spoken to a lot of people at the university about it. Um, and a lot of those people are at Mount Sinai Hospital or happen to be at Mount Sinai Hospital, something I didn't know before. Um, and uh, I decided to apply um, and, uh, you know, thankfully got in. And I, I consider it one of the most uh, uh, difficult but uh, rewarding years uh, in my academic and professional, uh, I guess, training. So, yeah. 
So what would you say were the biggest like takeaways um, in terms of clinical skills and things that you gained in that year? Um, so there's a, uh, there's a gentleman that taught us uh, radiology at U of T. Um, his name is Bob Wood and he's uh, the head of uh, Princess Margaret Hospital Dentistry. And uh, I remember him saying in one meeting uh, where uh, different dentists were uh, basically uh, talking to uh, graduating students about what to do after. And he said he had done the uh, GPR program and he had said, um, you know, it, it really just makes you uh, fearless. Uh, and, and that really stuck with me. Um, uh, doing, doing residency just exposed you to so many things that you're not uh, exposed to in dental school. You know, dental school is kind of, depending on where you go, a bit removed from medicine and the experience of being in a hospital or working with medical field. Um, uh, so uh, getting exposed to a lot of medically complex uh, scenarios, patients, um, and a lot of crazy emergency situations, yeah. uh, working alone in the emergency room, that's uh, sort of what sticks in my mind you um you just learn to uh think quick and uh innovate uh, and uh work alone as best as you can in a setting that you're not familiar with there's a lot of surgery there's a lot of uh, trauma management emergency management uh, and um uh, uh, i wouldn't say uh, there's a focus on restorative yeah, uh, that's certainly something that can be improved, though I, I suspect logistically challenging. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I would I would say being around uh, sort of experts in the field, um, you have to do a lot of uh, advocating, self advocating to um, get what you want out of it, I suppose. But the emphasis is surgery and trauma management and just better medical training. Yeah, yeah. So you just feel more yeah. comfortable dealing with uh, like a wider scope of clinical presentations and things like that, which is yeah. which is great. And yeah. you have that big like back support, right? I think whereas if you usually when you go into private practice, especially when I you know when I was working in Toronto as well, it seems like a lot of dentists own multiple practices and oftentimes like the new grads are associates in there by themselves and to have no support system in place to kind of really help them grow or actually be safe in pushing their boundaries a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that that's one of the biggest benefits of the GPR from, uh, from what you're saying as well. And sort of what I was thinking about it as well. I, I, yeah. I applied, I, you know, I, um, I, the Sunny Brook program for me was a little bit too medical heavy. It wasn't as much surgical as I had hoped. Mm -hmm. um, so when I applied, I, 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 you know, I interviewed at, um, at Mount Sinai with uh, Tannenbaum, mm. Dr. Tannenbaum. Right. Um, and at, um, at Sunnybrook. And I think it was like the first year when I applied, I think it was 2006 uh, for the 2016 years, like the first year doing like that official match system. So, um, right, right. Yeah. Um, I didn't end up, I don't, I only put Sunnybrook. Um, so I only put Mount Sinai. I didn't rank Sunnybrook and I didn't end up getting oh. in. So I think, I don't know if that hurt oh, me no. just putting one program. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was, uh, that made my decision pretty easy. <laughs> I yeah. just wanted to. There are, there are a lot of great people at Sunnybrook too. Yeah, no, they're both, you know, they're both great. And 
you know, Masan, I, I really like that it was really like surgical heavy. Um, yeah. And I got a chance to like Skype with some of the residents and stuff and they were great as well. So, Right. I mean, in Canada, we don't have the the other, I guess, advanced dental training uh, education programs that the U.S. has. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm aware of a program in Mc, not at McGill. I think it's it is at McGill with the Jewish General Hospital, and it's a bit of a hybrid uh, program. I visited them actually last year uh, in the winter and um, just uh, toured the program. Just got some uh, input on how they run things because um, I'm I'm kind of doing uh, some research and. and education and um, just trying to learn the different formats of training. Uh, something uh, that uh, I guess uh, or at least the focus on skill training in certain specialties is, is a bit lacking. I mean, we didn't do a lot of uh, endos uh, during the GPR, though if you, if you were up for it <laughs> during uh, <laughs> call if you encounter a case where uh, you can do a pulpectomy and learn from the situation certainly that was available but not everybody did that so yeah yeah yeah. that's pretty cool so tell me a little bit i mean i've been following your your instagram page a little bit i know you've had this Mm. blog that you've been doing for a little while uh, while with rethinkdentistry.ca um I, i must say like i really enjoy reading articles you're very like articulate thinker and i Oh, thank you. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of get, you know, just dive into that a little bit with you and see where that kind of started and where you're hoping to take things. Um, I think you mentioned earlier doing like a master's of like uh, health professionals education. Um, and is that like yeah. a little bit about that as well? And like what, where you're doing that or how, what sure. curriculum that's like? Sure. Uh, so I guess uh, during GPR, I, uh, I did and wind up applying to um, Perio. Uh, Though it was, it was actually they had closed off the applications and then they reopened them. So that second time I applied, and I was really hesitant. I, I didn't feel like my my heart was in it. I didn't really prepare well, um, and it was between me and and my co-resident uh, Stephen Spano. Hopefully one day you will uh, talk to him. He's a he's a tremendous guy, and I thought uh, he was a better. Um, certainly a better candidate than me, and I'm glad I didn't get uh, in. Uh, my interest uh, became education, and uh, uh, it grew out of, uh, I suppose, my graduate years after uh, my original undergrad. And uh, I, I was really hoping that dental school was going to have a lot more elements of grad school, but it didn't. Um, some people might disagree with me uh, on this. Uh, certainly, some people that have had a bad graduate uh, uh, year um, or experience, rather. Uh, but I, I, I really had some elements in grad school that I, I thought were lacking in undergrad. And um, certainly, what I heard or read about the different formats in education and how I got trained at Mount Sinai Hospital got me really interested in education. And speaking to different people at the hospital, some medical doctors in the emergency room and uh, um, uh, internal medicine, I, I uh, learned about this master's program 
through the Department of Family and Community Medicine. And it's, it's basically a master's of community health. And, and the focus is health practitioner, teachers, patients. So um, it, it basically um, it, uh, offers uh, a lot of courses on uh, uh, understanding the pedagogy of medical education, um, how, how things are structured currently in residency programs, specifically in medicine. I, I think there's very little literature in, in dentistry and nursing um, and, and yeah. the fields. Uh, so I, I applied to it. And prior to that, and really prior to uh, while I was doing my residency, I had actually started getting affiliated with a fellowship program uh, here at U of T also um, through the uh, General Hospital, Toronto General Hospital, uh, or the Wilson Center. So Wilson Center is, uh, is basically one of the big centers in medical education research. And um, I, I met uh, a lady named uh, Dr. Nikki Woods. Uh, I met her actually originally at the Faculty of Dentistry when she gave a, a lecture on uh, a study that she did with the Department of Radiology. Yeah. So I kept in touch with her and ended up joining this fellowship. And uh, this this master's that I later applied to, and I know I'm going back and forth here, uh, but uh, I, I, I basically this master's does not require a research project. Uh, but uh, because of the fellowship requirement, I, um, I have to do a research project and something that I was interested in. So uh, basically, I uh, structured a research uh, project into the master's, and uh, it's informed by a lot of the sessions that I attend at uh, the fellowship program. And it's not, uh, it's not the Wilson Center, but it's uh, a sister um, program called uh, the Center of Ambulatory Care Education out of uh, Women's College Hospital. Um, so yeah, so that that basically is how I got into all of this. And uh, uh, what I'm doing right now is, uh, and I just submitted for research ethics approval, um, I'm, I'm hoping to look at some of the um, learning and uh, educational practices that are happening at Mount Sinai Hospital, specifically in the emergency room, because I felt and still feel that the emergency room was the uh, basically the place where I learned the most during uh, the residency. And it's a, it's a quite the unique setting because you're working alone. Um, you just get thrown in and uh, you're surrounded by medical staff that, that are uh, a tremendous resource. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how, and I, I don't know if I fully answered your question there. In terms of my, uh, my blog, I've always had an interest in writing and um, Bruce Freeman will tell you he had to edit a lot of my uh, letters and papers in the past and he would always... Uh, basically force me to be more concise, be more concise. And that's, that's something that I, 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 I think I still struggle with, but um, I, um, I purchased this, um, the uh, domain uh, rethink yeah. dentistry. It's a great one. Yeah. Back. yeah. And uh, it was, it was after a conversation with a friend of mine who's, who's, who has a marketing company in 
Montreal and she helped me develop that logo that you see actually. Yeah. And, but I didn't, I didn't do anything with it for a couple of years. And then during my master's program, this most recent one, um, they actually force you to, to develop an e-portfolio, something that the medical uh, students do and, um, um, uh, or in, you know, some, some medical students, I suppose, and some residents. So I turned it into that initially. And uh, because in the process, you have to learn uh, how to sort of develop a WordPress website, something that I'm yeah. still not it's totally tough. familiar with. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I turned it into a blog and I started writing a little more and uh, uh, trying to reflect on the experiences that I've had in the past and the experience that I have now, uh, conversations like the ones that we're having, really. And um, um, I'm hoping that, uh, I suppose, like you, it would be, um, you know, an, an avenue to, to, to talk to more people. That's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So what's the, what's the over, like, you know, if just from your writing and things, you know, I can I get a sense that you're, you know, a big vision thinker and you like to like have a bigger picture in mind. So it seems like you have a lot on the go. It seems like you're like concurrently doing like the fellowship and the master's program to kind of tie in some research yeah. and the course-based theory. What's the aim here? Like, what are you hoping to, you know, say like in five years time, what are you hoping to accomplish um, with what you're trying yeah. right now? So I am really <laughs> hesitantly toying with, with uh, the idea of doing a PhD and that would, I suppose, push me in the direction of academia and research. Yeah. Now, the other, the other um, path that I envision is, is basically doing um, consulting and, and program development, curriculum design, and program evaluation. Yeah. Um, something that, uh, you know, I, I think is... is at least in in the research literature absent from dentistry you you know if you actually try to find um med ed literature uh of the caliber that you see in nursing and medicine you don't see that in in, in dentistry and and yeah. um i certainly hope to publish the the study uh, even if it's in a dental education journal, um, uh, and then and then see where it takes me. I think there is uh, there is a, an opportunity for me to do a PhD, but I, I I'm not sure if I have the energy anymore. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of schooling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what's your uh, what's your plans with like clinical dentistry? Would you is that something that you would give up or like really drop down if you're doing a PhD or? Uh, see that's so that's that's the struggle and i i don't think uh um you know even financially it's sustainable uh you know i'm still paying my school debt uh, <laughs> for your art <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so uh um yeah I, I i mean if i do a phd I, i'd have to cut back a lot because it, it would be very demanding and and that's my struggle and, and this stage i have not decided uh, but I, I love clinical dentistry. It was, um, and especially hospital dentistry. I'm, I'm really getting into that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I don't envision myself leaving that. I, I, I still debate whether I would own 
own my own office, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like if you own a practice, you're, you're really married to it. So, uh, so if I want to explore all those other interests that I have, I don't think that that would be an option for me. So, yeah, it ties you down a little uh, bit. <laughs> yeah, partnering up with someone who's who's uh, who has similar or different interests. Uh, yeah. And, or you can sort of manage it together. That would be uh, that would be great. I, I I I think I think in the future I certainly want to continue doing clinical dentistry and maybe you know going down to three days and doing two days uh, uh, of education research or you know um, I was telling my my uh, I think Bruce the other day that uh, uh, last Monday I I worked from 8 until noon and and then I didn't have work afterwards and I walked out and it was really sunny like glorious <laughs> sunny and I and I, I thought oh my god I wish I would finish every day at, at noon. <laughs> you know, so maybe maybe finish clinical at noon and then doing education stuff yeah that'd yeah. be the, that'd be a good life for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah so uh, yeah I don't know yeah. how, how uh, what that is, but uh, yeah, yeah that, that those are ideas that I'm toying with. Yeah, that's great. I think yeah. you know I, I'm with you as well. I, I think I mean for me, it's less maybe like formal education. Like I said early on, I'm not. I don't see myself as much of like an academic in that sense of the word. But I think it's always fun to you know just even for your own sanity and work life balance and happiness and things to have things that you do outside of clinical work. Because if you're just working all the time clinically and then that's it, I think like one burnout and too like you just you kind of get over it pretty quickly so um I'm, I'm with you in that it's nice to have those other things that you're actually passionate about and care about yeah no i and i i i love what you're doing uh, i mean you're doing something that uh, uh is is really needed I, I feel um i feel dentists um in our training inherently somehow we we tend to be really competitive with each other and maybe uh, the market afterwards sort of yeah. forces you to be that way too. So um, having avenues like this to to talk about uh, what different dentists are doing, I, I certainly uh, listen to a lot of them, and uh, um, I think uh, um, yeah. You know, I, I, I look forward to see what you what you do with this. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's been fun, and like I said, it's it's great to connect and kind of for me, you know, my thinking when I first started was, I uh, just you know t- tapping into my inherent like uh, lazy nature. I was like, instead of seeking knowledge, I'll just bring it to me, and I'll just <laughs> that way I can just share it with other people too, so they can sort of uh, benefit from it too, which is which has been fun. I mean, I get to speak to a lot of specialists and ask them any sort of stuff that I kind of struggle with clinically and that way they, you know, I get help and then I share it with people and they get help as well, which is pretty cool. So in terms of yeah. dental, dental education, you know, I, you know, I struggle with that too. I, the isolation of dentistry is something that I dislike the most. I think um, when I look at medicine and, you know, the hospital based setting, um, yeah. growing up, growing up, I worked a lot. Like, I mean, you know, in Canada, how competitive it is. You got to like start volunteering when you're like in grade one or something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, uh, like in high school and stuff, I would, uh, volunteer in a hospital, like emergency rooms and things like that. And then I worked as like a, like a patient transporter and things like that during like, okay. um, okay. like my summer jobs, like during university and stuff get paid pretty well. It was pretty sweet. Um, so I really love the hospital like ecosystem and there's so many moving parts and so many different teams and things. Um, that's the one thing with dentistry that I, don't like as much you're in one room with like one nurse if you don't get along with that nurse then you're pretty miserable <laughs> but, 
for the day as well. And you don't get to walk around, you don't get to interact. So what's, what are you hoping out of all this, you know, in dental education, is there room for improvement? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's always room for improvement. And, um, I think, um, I mean, being where I am, uh, and, uh, the, the, the director at Sinai right now is, is, uh, a great guy. I mean, Howie Tannenbaum, you know, him. uh, he, uh, uh, he, he's, he, he's open to change too. I think that's, that's key is being open to change. If, if we're very, rigid in our thinking and we don't try different things um, um you know, a lot of people uh, even you know speaking to bruce sometimes uh, they they tend to want and dental students tend to want um, uh, more procedures more more time doing things and um you know i'm learning that there's an argument uh, for the contrary, uh, I mean, uh, certainly the number of procedure procedural skill is, is important, and developing that procedural knowledge is important. But also that that deeper conceptual knowledge is 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 very important in advancing. Um, uh, uh, I mean, allowing you to innovate, uh, allowing you to to uh, to think outside the box and develop your own procedures and, and, and do the things that you're doing. I mean, uh, doing a podcast, that sort of thing. Uh, those, those conversations are important. And I think, um, you know, we do a lot of, a lot of, uh, what, what the meta literature calls direct instruction. You know, you're, you're sitting in lecture, just, uh, the receiving end of someone uh, giving you or passing down that knowledge. Um, there are examples of schools where uh, there is that, you know, case-based learning, uh, problem-based learning, which we have yeah. at U of T. But I feel that a lot of that is is sort of uh, just not not well developed, uh, at least at U of T. I mean, that's what I've been exposed to. So I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what other schools do. Uh, what they do in Australia, you know, what what they do in in, in Dublin and in, in Ireland, because um, and and the U.S. and see how d- different dental dental schools are, you know, uh, teaching differently. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I think there is room for improvement for sure. There's. And certainly, if you're interested in research, there's, there's room to, to fill that void as well. Yeah. So, what one cool thing about the uh, so in Australia, the dental education medical as well used to be like undergraduate. So you go straight from high school into dentistry into medicine, um, right. much like it is in like a lot of places in Europe right now. Um, I think probably maybe seven, eight years ago, they started to kind of shift away from that model and go more towards like the North American model of like you get your bachelor degree and then go into postgrad like dentistry and medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because they've done that, they've kept that postgraduate. Uh, they're more rigid to that term, I think. So in like Melbourne, for example, when we went to like uh, a Melbourne dental school um, and med school as well, they have research blocks within the DDS degree or the MD degree. Um, right. So for us, we had like dedicated research projects that we had to kind of carry out from like um, pretty much from like halfway through first year till fourth year where we presented there's like research days and things like that. So right. that was pretty cool. Um, you know, we got to do some like lab work and a lot of people got publications and things like that. Um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. In, the, uh, in the MD stream, it's even a little bit more streamlined. They get a full semester off 
teaching just to go do research. So they have six months of like pure dedicated research time um, in their four-year degree, which is pretty cool. I, I, it's a bit annoying for me personally because I don't like research that much, but um, <laughs> I see I see the value in it though. Like, you know, learning to yeah. evaluate papers and thinking critically and, and those yeah. skills are important. Um, even if you're just a you know general dentist working clinically um, with like salespeople coming to you and showing you papers, and <laughs> it's important to like understand at least you know what's good, what's research, what's bad research, um, what's actually you know what's being sold and what's being uh, actually shown is important. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, and and uh, we we had uh, we we had things like that. Uh, we 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 certainly had the uh, the lab work that uh, I mean we had so many experiments if you will uh, and uh, I, I certainly would have loved to get more uh, more into bio uh, mechanics and uh, uh, biomaterials I, I felt that was really poorly taught at least in yeah. uh, U of T and, ooh, I, I might <laughs> get myself in trouble for saying this but, um, um, uh, I, 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 I like that. Uh, um, I, I like, uh, I, I think the distinction maybe is, is that I'm, I'm getting interested in, in, in qualitative, um, research and, and that really looks there is an emphasis on the social aspect of things and, and how, how we communicate and, um, uh, I, I know Bruce, uh, he shared, probably shared that with you on the podcast, if I recall well, that uh, uh, communication is emerging as, as, a, as a, a key uh, element in, in appropriate patient care. So uh, how, and maybe, maybe my, my, my interest in my research is sort of taking me in that direction. Uh, looking communication. at communication, so social aspects. Social aspects. Yeah. yeah, that's important, and, and you know, I think it's a big problem. And I, in terms of the admissions process being so competitive, uh-huh. I think is a big thing, right? It, Absolutely, it's self-selecting for certain types of people who maybe excel like in academia, but socially may not be the most inept. Um, mm-hmm. And I find maybe when I when I came to Australia, because you know all, all the Canadians that come here. I didn't get into Canadian schools, but uh, I thought socially we're a little bit better off because uh, we actually you know, had had that social side of things during undergrad and things like that. That maybe hurt the academics a little bit, but you gain the other skills in life that I think are important, maybe more important um, when it comes yeah. when it comes to it. Well, yeah, let me tell you, I I, I was not uh, an, an A plus student in in dental school. I I did not I did not fail any courses. Uh, I I made sure of that, and I I but uh, but I, I agree with you. Leaving that out is is really detrimental. I mean, like I mean, you you probably even had more um, uh, exposure in different areas uh, in in the medical field. Uh, uh, you know, when you volunteered, uh, I feel like for me, having gone into dental school a bit later uh, and had that exposure socially in, in different in other settings, that also helped me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure your experiences sort of uh, allowed you to uh, develop those social skills. And, and a lot of people, I mean, you're right. I mean, a lot of my classmates, uh, um, you know, struggled with with that patient interaction 
where I didn't. And uh, not that I did anything inherently different. Maybe I just, um, I, I listened more and I treated the, the interaction as a, you know, like a conversation again, you know, I uh, wanted to get to know the patient and uh, part of it is a relationship and just uh, treated them like I, uh, you know, treat friends. I you know, uh, with these podcasts, I, you know, normally I wish that we had a little bit more time because I think there's a lot of topics to really kind of explore with you. And maybe later on, we'll uh, do a bit of a more of a long, a long form yeah. uh, uh, Joe Rogan style, like two hour podcast. <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll dive into that kind of stuff. Cause I, I think there's definitely a lot of things that you have that you're working through in terms of your, you're trying to figure out with research and things like that, that you want to try and improve. And I think they're really important to touch on because I think yeah. dental education can certainly improve. I think some of the restrictions, like we said, are made like selection criteria is not the best because you, you don't always get the most social people coming into the profession. And two, I think is maybe a, the person it, it's a conflicting personality thing. I, and you know, with, with dentistry being such a like technical skill based thing that you're trying to master it, the social, and I am like that too. Like my personality is a bit more social maybe, but when I'm doing the work, I need to like, I want to focus and I'm not, you know, interacting with my nurse as much. I'm not talking because I feel like when you get into the mode of mm-hmm. technician, um, it's tough to kind of go back and forth a little mm-hmm. bit. Right. So I think that's a big struggle and something mm-hmm. that we got to improve on. And I think that's the tough part in dental school too, because you are spending time learning skills, whereas in medicine during the MD portion of it, they're just learning theory. They're not learning how to suture. They're not learning how to like uh, make incisions and, and do yeah. like technical things. Whereas in dental school, we got to squish all that in as well on top of the theory. So it's a little bit denser. I, you know, and, and that's why some people, um, I mean, uh, Bruce Freeman will tell you, he, uh, he thinks that dental school should be five years. I, uh, I, I, I agree with him. Um, I think that would be, I mean, in retrospect, crazy to do and, and yeah. also financially <laughs> difficult. Uh, I mean, uh, our tuition is the highest out of all, um, all programs and, and, uh, uh, it's it's very difficult to I think it is very difficult to teach dentistry. It's um, there's a lot of different um, uh, skills and in, in different specialties, and you're trying to be a jack of all trades. And uh, um, there is less emphasis on you know practice management, uh, communication. You, you get you get the case based learning um, scenarios where you know you're sort of uh, discussing ethical issues or, um, you know, some, uh, say, child abuse cases or uh, where, where you're trying to see how to manage those situations. Yeah. And, uh, but, but it's, it's, it's not enough, I think. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and who knows? I mean, the research might show that, that it is, uh, the emphasis on procedural is more important. I do remember reading in in the dental education literature because I, I did a I did a paper on this in second year. I mean that's how far back I sort of was interested in, in exploring education, and uh, there there was there was a warning that um, um, we don't want dentistry to become vocational. We don't want it to become just. We don't yeah. want to become technicians. You know, we 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 are doctors. We are uh, putting uh, high speed drills in, in, in patients' mouths, and 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 I think that right there uh, <laughs> describes why it is important to develop that really 
strong connection with with patients and trust i mean you're 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 drilling yeah. into their yeah. mouth <laughs> i'm always yeah. amazed by that uh, especially you know in the emergency setting perhaps like I used to work in, when I was in Canada, I worked at an emergency practice uh, up in Newmarket and patients come in, they're not patients, they're not right. patients of the practice. Like it's their first time meeting you. You literally sit down, shake their hand. What brings you in? And then you're off to the, you're doing work. I'm like, how does that trust come so quickly exactly. that you go from, yeah, quickly, from never meeting yeah, someone I mean, to trust someone with like a high yeah. speed. <laughs> so that's awesome. Man. All right. So what I like to do, uh, just to wrap these things up, just to lighten things up, is do a quick uh, rapid fire. So I'm just gonna ask you a few questions here, and uh, and we'll wrap it up from there. So what's your uh, favorite pizza topping? My favorite pizza topping would be uh, chicken. I, I, I guess. Chicken. Yeah. I don't. I don't eat a lot of pizza, yeah. but uh, uh, if I if I had to choose a um, a protein topping, it would be chicken. chicken. Okay. Yeah. What's your uh, favorite band or artist? Andrew Bird. Andrew Bird is a, is a musician out of uh, Chicago. Uh, I really like him. I wouldn't say he's the favorite. Andrew Bird. I think um, I've heard some uh, of stuff. Yeah. Okay. And what's you should your, check him out. Yeah, I, listen, I like uh, a lot of music, so I'll listen. I'll check him out. Well, what is your uh, favorite tooth to work on? <laughs> Yikes. Uh, it must be the anteriors. Yeah. Because, you know, you just got to get them perfect. Yeah. 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 So I would say incisors. Yeah, uh, the upper incisors and the centrals probably. Centrals. Yeah. What's uh, what's one procedure that makes you question your career choice in dentistry? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's see. Something that I really struggle with. I mean, you know, I I love doing endo, but it's it's like picking a lock, man. I, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> it's just uh, when it's going well, it's fantastic, and when it's not, you're, yeah, you you kind of get uh, um, sucked into that uh, that canal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's a common one with uh, with that answer. Is definitely endo. Yeah. It's always up there. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And um, if not dentistry, then what other profession would you be in? Mm. You know, I often tell patients it would be architecture. Yeah. And uh, I think it's usually architects that I tell this to. Yeah. Um, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think it would be architecture. I, I would like to, I would like to see what engineers uh, or how engineers learn. Because yeah. uh, uh, my dad is an engineer and there are a lot of engineers in my family and they're, they're really, uh, um, you know, I'm going to say eccentric people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very 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 smart yeah 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 awesome thanks a lot for uh for coming on uh hopefully yeah, we'll thanks we'll, for having me yeah uh, we'll catch up uh, in a little bit and hopefully do a bit of a longer one i want to really um get take the time to explore some of these uh things a little bit further with you so maybe once you kind of get rolling a little bit more with the uh with the fellowship research and all that um yeah you know, when you have some answers <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll kind yeah, of yeah no I, I should i should have some uh some data by by fall so okay perfect so uh, we'll hopefully uh we'll reconnect then and we'll see how things are going yeah you bet thanks man and 